Shining on them, yes, I'm the token now. Real bright, call me the golden child. Look around, I'm the one that's chosen. Look around, yeah, I'm the token. Shining on them, yes, I'm the token now. Real bright, call me the golden child. Look around, I'm the one that's chosen. Look around, yeah, I'm the token. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever we are catching you, whatever time zone you are on. Thank you for joining us for the She's So Out of Order podcast, where we discuss learning to push through your flaws and perfections rather than hiding them. In the dark, in this podcast, we learn how to confront, heal, and deal with our issue as a community. We are controversial, funny, and safe in that order. In this week's episode, we are discussing godly men. This episode right here, I definitely really wanted to do after doing um, Virtuous Woman, Proverbs 31, um, because we have a lot going on in our community, and we don't have the women or the men stepping up doing what they need to do and serving God the way that God wants to be served and honored. Uh, we don't have men that's in their households where they need to be and really being that spiritual leader and providing for their families and praying for their children and their wives and everything. So I wanted to do this episode just to be able to help our brothers to be able to know that you can be a great man of God and you could take your rightful place and you can help change your community in a positive way. Um, so I have the pleasure of once again introducing um, my brother in the Lord, uh, Mr. Isaiah Ike Haynes. Um, again, he hails from Bible, Florida, um, a graduate from Bethune-Cookman University with a degree in physical education. He is a teacher. He is a, um, a street pastor. Um, I know pretty soon he's going to have his own church, and I just can't wait to just see it and what God is going to do. Um, he has a mentoring program called Building Godly Men. So you already know, for this episode, I made sure that I went out and I got the best that's going to give you the word, and he ain't going to add his own twist to it. He's going to give you what God said. So I hope that you all are going to be blessed. Uh, so go ahead, Ike. Just tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and what you got going on. What's up, sis? Uh, well, y'all know me by Ike. If you went to Bethune-Cookman, um, if you don't know, my name is Isaiah Hayes. Um, from Miami, Florida, Liberty City area. Grew up in Liberty City. I've stayed in some of the worst parts of Miami, Open Locker, Cara City, you know, Overtown, all that. So, you know, with Building Godly Men, that's my mentoring program that she talked about. You know, within that mentoring program, I want to take young men, no matter um, the race that you are, black, white, Hispanic, whatever you are, I want to take young men that may be, you know, going through some things in life or young men that may not be going through things in life and I want to teach them trades, you know, things that they're not learning in the public school system. When I was growing up in school, they taught us, you know, trades. They taught us wood shop. You know, we learned how to build some things. We had home economics where they taught us how to cook. You had some schools like Turner Tech. They would teach them like farming and stuff like that. Um, even Central had like a little area where they would fix on cars. I know Miami Northwestern, they still do a lot with cosmetology and they do a lot with their students at Miami Northwestern, man. So hats off to Miami Northwestern. 
So yeah, I just, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the <laughs> thing I want to do. I know you're a bull, Eureka. All my family <laughs> bulls, man. Most of my family went to Northwest from way back in the days. But that's the thing I want to do with building godly men. And it's also a mentoring program. It's a godly, it's a Bible-based mentoring program. So what I do with my young men, I teach my young men how to be men. You know, we're not telling young boys that they're girls. We're not, you know, we're not doing none of that. You're going to be a strong alpha male. You're going to be, you're going to learn how to be self-sufficient. I don't hate nobody, you know, but I stand on God's word when it comes to men being me, you know? So that's, that's what is, that's what I'm about. Definitely. Um, yeah. When I, when I think back, going back to middle school, like I was taking home economic and wood shop in middle school. Like we used to have this thing. I can't remember what they called it, where it was like every nine weeks we did different trades, you know, and, you know, some people learned it was in the band. Some people did workshop. Some people did um, graphic class and and whatnot, you know, broadcast magnet and everything. Yeah. Um, when I went to the West, we had the daycare center, so people was able to learn how to operate yeah. a daycare, and it, it was real kids in there. You know, you yeah. had, uh, what is his name, Mr. Archie. I don't know if you remember Archie. Um, your brother Dewey loved that class, um, uh, where they did auto mechanic. Um, you know, so we had, we still do have a laundry, um, not a, a cleaner, cleaners in our yeah. um, school where they actually um, do all of the football team, basketball team, even um, sometimes the band equipment, you know, and keep it clean. And, right. you know, you we've just seen now everything, everything is about pushing these tests, these standardized testing and not giving these kids any trades anymore. Like even back in the days, um, both, you know, both of us went to Bethune-Cookman, they taught trades there. Like if you talk to some of them people that, Crossway back there in the, the the 40s and all of that, they were like, yeah, like my first degree, um, I was doing X, Y, electrician and this and that. And then I went yeah. back to school for like an extra year or two to get my degree in um, education. So if something happened, they know how to survive. A lot of us, we can't fish. We can't um, set a fire. Hell, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna stuff the for myself. I don't even know how to change the tire, which I need to figure that out as a female I, I, and uh, single female. I need to figure well, that out. Yeah, we don't know how to do nothing, man. So, mm-hmm. you know, they they teaching all these alternative lifestyles and racial stuff, race hate stuff in school instead of teaching our young kids what they gonna need to survive out here, man. Yeah, you know, like you said. With do with my uh, my program teach young men how to like like survival skills how to fish. Yes. I'm getting more into hunting, trying to learn how to hunt and you know live off the land, survive, man. Because yeah. the way the going now, you know, you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, when y'all get a chance, y'all definitely gotta check out his Facebook and see his videos when he was out there hunting that was quite funny to see that <laughs> so yeah definitely so um you know as i always tell you anything that i can support you know um for these young men whether they need fishing rods or whatever they need so that they can participate um in what you got going on please at no point in time do not hesitate to, to hit me up because we need that and i'm so happy that you are doing that um so if y'all got some young men definitely please send them Send him y'all way. He, you know, the Tri-County area. He, he's right there. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get you um, kicked off. What is your definition of a godly man? My definition of a godly man is a man of integrity, a man with a, 
that's honest and just. You know, a man that works hard, a man that takes care of his family, a man who lives a life that's pleasing to God, you know, a man that lives a holy, sanctified life, who wants to just please his maker, and that's God Almighty. You know, a man of good character, a man that got a clean conscience, a, a stable man, you know, that's that's a godly man. Definitely. Um, what church at this point in time are you attending? Well, my church story is kind of uh, crazy, but I... I was going to a church I left because of some things that I didn't agree with. So my wife and I, we kind of visit a few churches around. We visit a church called Old Landmark Holiness Church. And um, we visit there quite often. And we visit other churches, but we mainly get our spiritual feeding from Full Gospel Holy Temple. That's up in Dallas, Texas. Our father in the ministry is Apostle Herman L. Murray. If you haven't heard of them, you better get on YouTube and start listening to the real true gospel. Because that's oh, what you're going yes. to <laughs> I pretty much have been a cyber member of that church for the last four oh, five years, ever since I turned me on to it. And he don't play. He he calls it all out. It, everybody can get it. <laughs> yeah, you got it. That's the real word of God. That's, that's what we need to hear. So that's my church affiliation right now. Okay. Um, what what does having a relationship with Jesus mean to you? Man, it means everything to me because, you know, without a relationship with the Lord, it's like you're a lost cause, man. You really lost. If you don't know Jesus, don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, don't know him as your Lord and Savior, don't obey his word, like you really on the road to destruction, man. So having that relationship with Jesus Christ means everything to me. Before I got saved, man, I was a mess, you know? So... My relationship with Jesus Christ is, is very serious. I don't play around with my salvation. I don't play around with it. All right. Speaking of salvation, um, tell us just a little bit about your background. What led you to taking your salvation serious and giving your life over to the Lord? Well, I always knew, knew the Lord, but I always I wasn't always saved. See, people think just because you go to church, you're saved. That don't mean a hill of beans. You could be a pastor and not be saved. You know what I'm saying? If you're still living in sin, you're not saved. But I grew up in church all my life. You know, I got preachers in my family. I got about five preachers in my family. So I always knew the way. You know, I was raised up under that old school gospel. You know, and I straight away went to college and started doing anything I was big and bad enough to do. But, you know, when I met my wife, my wife is, like, known as well in college. She was in the band, one of the she was the captain of the 14 karat gold dancers. So she was well known. You know, she's always been like a sweet individual. And I always been kind of like on the wild side, even all through college. Everybody know Ike from, you know, various things, you know. So when I got with my wife and I started to see like one time I remember I cursed. I used to curse a lot. I had a filthy mouth. And I used to be cursing. And one time my wife cursed and all her friends looked at her. She was my girlfriend at the time. All her friends looked at her and was like, Franny. Because they was like, that's not like you. Like, and I thought about that. I'm like, man, this is a very sweet woman. And I'm kind of like changing her. Like, into this cursing woman and or racist. Because I was a racist before. Like me. So, at that point in time, I knew, like, I need to change, man. Then we got married. We met in 2012. We got married in 20. 
2013, that's when I started sanctifying myself. You know, I started, like, setting myself apart. Like, man, I need to tighten up, you know. This is a good woman. I don't want to lose her. Then 2014 is when I got saved at Full Gospel Holy Temple um, on a Sunday morning, December 7th, 2014. I'll never forget that day God saved me, sanctified me, filled me with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. And since then, I've been living for Jesus. Since then, man, I just knew that I needed to change because, you know, I was just doing stuff that was going to lead me to hell. If you if you don't mind, just you know, it ain't gotta be the deep dark stuff that you know they can come back and get you later. Um, but just share with us a few things that you can share to some of the stuff that that you was doing that you definitely know that you would have stayed in that lifestyle. You know, it, oh, it was definitely leading to destruction. Yeah, I'm an open. I'm an open book, man. Everybody, anybody that really truly saw was around me in college know like what I was doing. You know, I had women for every day of the week, so I was a fornicator. <laughs> I was a fornicator. I love women. I used to listen to a lot of gangster, gangster rap music. Like some of the rappers I would listen to every day were like Soldier Slim. That was like my favorite rapper. BG, C Murder, Mac, uh, dude named VL Mike, 12 O'Clock, uh, Tupac. You know, those, those real hardcore gangster rap. So I had a bad temper, anger problems. You know, especially from listening to some of that rap music, because that stuff got a spirit behind it. So sometimes, man, people don't know. I used to have a little beef with certain people at the school or in the community. I used to be sitting in my car sometimes with my gun on my lap, like waiting on this person to come out. I'm going to straighten them. You know what I'm saying? But God even kept me in the midst of all that stuff. You know, he didn't let me throw my life away. Even when I was out there in sin, God kept me in the midst of that stuff. And I'm supposed to be in prison right now, man. I'm supposed to be serving life in prison for some things I did up in Daytona that, you know, I don't want to share too, speak too much on it, you know. But, you know, I had anger issues, fornication. I was racist. I was a liar. I used to drink a lot, get drunk, act crazy, you know. But God delivered me from that, man. That's why I take my salvation very seriously because, People often ask me, man, you still preaching? And I have to tell them, like, what else I'm going to go back to? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, this is yeah. all I got to do. Yeah. This is my life. If I yeah. leave this, if I leave God, I'm going back to what I just said. Fornicating, yeah. racist, uh, anger issues, temple problem. I'm going back to all that. So I got to stay with God. Yeah. And like the Bible said, there's joy, there's joy, peace, and righteousness over in the Holy Ghost, man. When I got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, it was just so much peace. That came over my life. I will never forget that day, like how how my body felt, like my spirit felt. I just felt so peaceful, man. No, um, you know, um, I had your your wife on last week. She did the virtuous uh, woman, um, and we we was just kind of talking about you know our salvation, and you know, for me, as I said on the last week episode, is that I grew up in the church too. You know, what I'm saying my grandmother was an ordained evangelist. You know, so. Every Tuesdays and Thursday, we would have to come together and we would do Bible study all the time. Even when I went to college, we were still, she would call me on the phone and we would still do it, you know. But when you are, when you grow up in the neighborhoods that you grow up in and then you get to college, now you got all this freedom. So now you can kind of do whatever you want. You ain't got to worry about neighbors and all that kind of stuff, you know, telling your grandma what you done did or your parents what you done did. So now you just wilding out, like, you know, getting drunk, you know, cursing and whatnot, like, 
you know, one of the things that I used to do, I was a dancer in the concert chorale, and we would go party on a Saturday. And, you know, where, because we traveled all over, like throughout Florida, sometimes yeah. Georgia and whatnot, uh, we, we have to be on the, the bus, like 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. So literally, I'm coming from the club, drunk, hungover, just enough time to take a bath, get my bags, and get on the bus. And depends on where we were going at, you know, as I ten, I ain't even sleep that off. So I'm up yeah. in somebody's church dancing, and I'm drunk. And I, and I used to right. feel so bad about it because I'm like, man, I, I know better. Like, my, my grandma would be mad with me to know this is what I'm doing and I'm disrespecting God and his house and whatnot. But we don't always think about that when we out there into the world. And, you know, and just like what you um, just talked about that people say that you still doing this, you still doing that. Like, people would be amazed. Like, when I tell people I don't cuss no more because I used to cuss. I've been cussing since the fifth grade and I, well, I can put a combination together for you. But, you know, I remember watching that movie, the Malcolm X movie. And um, when uh, Denzel, he played the, the, you know, the character, he was in prison. And the dude told him, he said, a person cursed because they, they're not intelligent enough to express themselves. And so when I heard that, I first heard it back when I was in, I think, high school, they let us watch that movie. And I used to always say, like, Ricky, you got to stop cussing. You got to stop cussing. But, you know, I kept going because I'm like, I know how to express myself, but I got to stop cursing and whatnot. And, you know, when I stopped all that drinking and whatnot, and I did all that in 2014, I shared my testimony with your wife. I said I was at the Holland Battle of the Band in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, the first night I got there, um, I'm at Wet Willie's and I'm buying drinks. One of my friends saw Ross was going through something and whatever. And I didn't finish the drink, but I just thought maybe I just didn't, you know, want it or whatever was going on. So after the Holland Band, we went to alumni theme and, um, I'm, I bought this drink and I took a sip and I just heard something saying, that's enough. That's uh, enough. And right. I left the $10 drink right there on the table. That was it. And from that moment on, you know, I made a conscious decision that I want to try to live a life that God has created because I can no longer, you know, live off the prayers that my grandmother prayed for me. Because at that point, that's what I was doing. Yeah, I prayed, I read, but you know how it is. We just go through the motion because that's what we yeah. know to do. But I wasn't really taking it serious for myself. Um, yeah. So, and people, yeah, still to this day now, they like, Eureka, come on, I want to hit a old Eureka. Come on, man, cuss for somebody. Oh, go, oh, you ain't going to beat this person. I'm like, I'll never forget. I was at homecoming one year. And one of the, the Deltas had tried my, my one of my, actually my dean, um, the watch the one was on the, the last show, the T. And mm -hmm. old Eureka would have grabbed one of them because they have seen me do it several times before, even when we was out of town. And it would have been on and popping. And yeah. I saw myself being the person with, with the with a, with a sound mind, like, nah, y'all, listen, it was a misunderstanding. Um, to give me your keys, I'm gonna move your car. We don't need no issues. And so even T looked at me funny and was like, wait a minute, what? Wait, who is this Eureka? Like, what, what the heck going on? And, and like you said, yeah. I definitely have done some things that, yeah, I, I can't ever talk about because I probably should be in jail. So, yeah. you know, um, you know, it's like I think one of the uh, ladies over at Full Gospel, I was watching her testimonies a couple of years ago, and she said, my salvation is everything. My salvation means my life. You know, and you get scared about possibly going back out to that whole world, that old way, because it's like, what if I slip back out there and I don't come back? 
Exactly. You know, and, and that's the scary part. So like even when I'm going, because I'm not perfect now, you know me and you talk a lot about what I got going on. Why yeah. I don't fully go jump all the way out there because I'm just like, what if I don't come back? And yeah. I can't risk that. So, you know, I definitely um, thank God because I, I definitely knew who you were when we was on Cook McCammon. Me and you had cl- some classes together. So yeah. it is so amazing just to see the growth and where you are and the stuff that you do. Like I lived to see you on Facebook, giving the word. Um, I, I thank you all the time for just turning me on to Apostle Herman Murray, because it definitely has been a blessing. I never miss Tuesdays, Saturday nights, Sunday. I, I don't miss. I've been down there at the Holy Convocation. I actually had an attitude this year because I wanted to go, but they didn't advertise it a lot. You know, and walking into that place when I went a couple of years ago, that was the first time in my life that I felt the Holy Spirit with the reverence with the of speaking in tongues. Like I'm sitting up here like, wait a minute, what the heck am I saying? And I know it wasn't nothing, you know, a lot of people know how to play speaking in tongues. Yeah. Like I knew this was not something that because yeah. I don't even play like that. You feel me? And I just felt that spirit when um Pastor Diana Cooper was preaching. I'm just like, oh, this is it, you know. And so I mean, it's been hard for me to get back. The, I haven't felt that since I left there. And that's why I was trying to get to move to Texas one because I'm like, I got to get in this church. You know, yeah. but I definitely, you know, try to um, listen to it all the time. Like I said, I don't miss because I'm like, Lord, please come through the airways and, and hit me again because I need a new touch. So um, thank you again for turning me on to that brother. That that brother there is, he's something else. I mean, young cat, young cat in, in early 40s, but baby, he preached a word like he's from the 1940s. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and uh, move forward since we right here talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, I already know the answer to this, but hey, let's just, you know, go a little deeper. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit and to what capacity and how how the Holy Spirit is involved in your life? Well, I believe in the Holy Spirit to, to, to to the max, to the moon and back, you know. The Holy Ghost is what keeps us that the Holy Ghost is what leads us and guides us every day of our lives. That's who um you should be led and guided by. Because if you led and guided by your feelings and your emotions, then you're gonna do the wrong things in life. You know, the Holy Ghost is our keeper. The Bible says in Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Holy Ghost is power, power to live right. You know, the power to talk right, the power to love your neighbor, you know, the power to to overcome sin, you know, so the Holy Ghost is very important in this last day and time. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, it's a gift. All you have to do is ask God for it. The Bible says he gives the Holy Ghost to them that ask. First, repent of your sins. Like Peter said in Acts 2.38, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you know. So the Holy Ghost is very important in this last day and hour because if you don't have it, you're not going to make it out. You see how the world is going. You know, you're going to need that keeping power. You're going to need that saving power. You're going to need that power from the Holy Ghost, man. So it's very important. Yes. Um, I'll also just add on to that with the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, one of the things when um, Jesus did the Last Supper, he said that, you know, when he's going, he was going to send the Holy Spirit back. And, you know, like you were just talking about, the Holy Spirit is what helps you. Is that It's that little small, still voice to tell you not to do stuff. And I know I'm guilty of this, and I'm pretty sure back when you were, you know, in your heydays, you probably was guilty of this as well. Sometimes we ignore that voice because it's so small and we look like, is this just my self-conscious telling me not to do this? And 
and, and stopping me from having fun. But it's really the Holy Spirit that is the one that's trying to keep you, trying to tell you, nah, pimp, this ain't this ain't the move. Don't don't do that. I know it might feel good to your flesh, but this ain't this ain't the move right now. So you know, it's very important for us to be sensitive to that small, still voice, so that we can make the best decisions um, in our lives. He's a he's a he's a keeper if you want to be kept. But sometimes people, you could push past the Holy Ghost. You could push past the leading of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. Yeah. I know you hear Apostle Murray say that often. He's a gentleman. He's not going to, the Holy Ghost don't make you do nothing. People say that he don't make you. No, he don't make you do nothing. You got your own free will. Yeah. You know, he'll lead you and he'll guide you. But you can push past that lead and that guide and you go out there and do some stuff that you don't supposed to be doing. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I know I'm, I'm definitely guilty of that, especially when it comes down to, the stuff that goes on in my mind, I'm like, you were supposed to be thinking of that, and the and the Lord told you not to think of that, but pushing past it, you know, allowing your flesh to overpower you when you you know better instead of doing what the Bible tells you that it says, you know what I believe it's like um submit to God and the devil will flee, you know, and we we don't, you know, um, so I definitely um I got my next question would be to you is this since we kind of right here. Why do you feel like it's so many people turning against God? And what I mean by that is this. I see people that I grew up with that I know for a fact that they grew up in church. They know better. But now they are this quote unquote woke. And now the Bible was, was created by the white man and and and, and uh, what it is King James did this and did that back in his time, and um, and it was created by the white man to keep the black people down, and then slavery and all this other stuff that you hear, and they forget the issue of one, uh, God gives you free will, so a lot of the stuff that's happening in the world is people free will that is doing it, and what the slave the, the slave masters did, which is what a lot of us do now we cherry pick the Bible. We will find something in the word and we have been that sucker 10 different ways to make it a fit our agenda. So why do you think so many people are turning against the, the God in these late days and, and, and hours? Well, people are turning against God in these last days and hours because basically a lot of them are walking by sight, they're not walking by faith, they're walking by sight, they're walking, they're looking at the things that they see and say, well, how could God allow this to happen? Or why this happened if God was here? Nobody never asks, where is the devil? You know what I'm saying? Nobody never say, where was the devil? It's always, where was God? Why did God do this? Why this and that? But my thing also is um about the whole white man stuff. And then, then again, well, I'll get to the white man stuff, but then again, you have a lot of people walking out on walking away from God because a lot of these so-called preachers we have in the church that God didn't call to preach. So you have a lot of these guys sitting up in church that's leading people astray, only taking people money, preaching prosperity, preaching this feel-good, happy-go-lucky gospel that's not even in the Bible. Jesus never even preached prosperity. Now I'm not against people having nice things, cars and houses and and stuff like that. But the Bible says, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Jesus never preached that stuff. The Bible says in Matthew, when Jesus began to preach, he began to say what? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist preached repent. 
for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The apostles preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We don't hear that word nowadays. We don't hear people preaching the unadulterated true word of God. Now, God still has a remnant of men and women that's still holding true, preaching the true word of God. But you have a lot of fakes out here that are leading people astray. And then once people catch on that they've been led astray, they just lose all faith in God. You know, once yeah. they find out they big name preacher that they looked up to so much is sleeping with boys or sleeping with half of the women in the church. Now they just go to label in the church, some type of scam. And I don't believe in God no more. All these preachers the same way, but that's a lie. You got to know, the Bible say, you will know them by the fruit that they bear. You know, every preacher not like that. Every preacher not sleeping around with, with women and stuff. So you just got to be careful who you listen to because listening to the wrong people can turn you away from God and have you on the road to destruction. Now, for the whole white man, and uh, the whole white man wrote the Bible stuff, that's crazy. Ain't no man wrote the Bible. The Bible, the, the scripture says all scripture was given by God, you know, and God gave the holy men the his words to write in the Bible. Yeah. So those apostles, those disciples that wrote the word, those scriptures, those things that were given to them were given by God. They wrote that in the Bible. The white man, when slavery time, all he did was twist scripture around to make it fit him, just like yeah. you do now. Yeah. Twist scripture around to make it fit you. Like when I tell you, the Bible say you shouldn't sleep with another man's wife. Oh, don't judge me. You just flip scripture around. Because if you say you say, I got a right to judge you. Because the Bible says we judge those that are within. We don't judge those that are without. So you're yeah. doing the same thing the white man done. And Christianity was around Africa before any white man ever got there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's been there. Look at ancient Ethiopia. Christianity was there before any white man ever got there. Matter of fact, Ethiopia is one of the one of the countries in Africa that was never colonized by any Europeans. The French, I think. Or the Italian or the French or something tried to go in there, but they fought them people off. So if it was never colonized by any white man, Christianity was always there. Who wanted that? It was, it was already there. Yeah. Even if you read the book of Acts, in chapter 8, it talks about the, the Ethiopian eunuch, right? It talks about how he uh, was reading his Bible. And Philip went over there and asked him, hey, what are you reading? And he was like, um, I don't, I don't really understand it unless it's somebody got me. He was reading the book of Isaiah. So Philip began to witness to him about Jesus. This is an Ethiopian. That's an African, right? Yeah. After Philip got done witnessing to him about Jesus, talking to him about Jesus and about the word of God, the Bible says Philip went on his way. The Ethiopian went on his way. If he went on his way, where he went? Back to Ethiopia. <laughs> the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not no white man. So all that stuff is just a, a, a scapegoat. And like Apostle Murray would say, ain't no man wrote the Bible because no man will put thou shalt not in no Bible. No, thank you. A man ain't gonna tell you to be the husband of one wife. He's gonna tell you to have several wives, sleep with all type of women. Yeah. Uh, a man ain't gonna tell you to honor your body. Yeah. You know, you're gonna drink and smoke and all yeah. that stuff. Like before, before I heard Apostle preach that, I had an epiphany about that in my head. I said, I don't know why people say that because I said, 
if I would have wrote the Bible, do you know how many escape clause I would have wrote up in there? I, I ain't no way in heck I'm going to put in the Bible that you can't steal, kill, have sex without being married. Exactly. Uh, all this, you know, people can't sleep with the same sex. I ain't going to put that in there. Why? Because that is stuff that people struggle with daily. So we're going to make it as easy as possible to ease our butt up in the pearly gate. So that's why I was like, nah, exactly. ain't, ain't no way. <laughs> Exactly. The Bible is the written word of God. It's not a, It's not words. It's not the words of God. It's the word of God. It's one word. Yeah. It's the word of God. That's all. And man didn't have nothing to do with that. It's the, it's, it was It was inspired by God. It's the word of God. So yeah, I man. pray for people that, that stuck in that mentality about the white man did this and that. He twisted the scripture. That's all. That's all he did. The Bible is God's word and it's fulfilling itself in this last day and hour that we live in. Look at the world around you and then read your Bible. Yeah, you see everything. You look at the book of Daniel and Revelations, you seeing a lot of that stuff unfold right now from the book Matthew, of Daniel and Revelation. Revelation, Matthew chapter 24 is all unfolding. You mean to yeah. tell me a man, first of all, and I'm not racist or nothing like that. I used to be until God delivered me, but we love to talk about uh, white people think they more support superior than us and this and that but sometimes we give them that power so you telling me you telling me a white man wrote something that's so profound like this thank that's you so, you know what i'm saying yeah so you telling me he think he better than you but you giving him that power to, to, to say he wrote something like this that's just you know what i'm saying then they love to say the bible is outdated man listen the bible is more current than tomorrow's newspaper yes it is so we yes, giving them that we giving them that superiority over us. Yep, and they and they not realizing that at all. Um, since we right here, um, uh, this is something that's definitely not on the the questions that was given to you. Um, we have so many people that is so angry with Christians, like they can't stand church folks. I think we are the only people that get talked about the most. Like nobody talks about the the Buddhists and the the Muslims and and, and other different things, but. Us Christian people, Lord, they just always just, just going down on us. Like, I'm going to give a, a couple of examples. In certain countries like Africa, um, uh, what's some things, uh, uh, what's it over there? What that? Pakistan and all of them, India and all of that. If you are living in that homosexuality lifestyle, they cut your neck off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying In front of the whole village, so the village can see it. Like, seriously, they kill you. You know, Listen. or if you are cheating on your um, husband, they shave off your head or either they kill you again. Like they do all of this. Like the most you're going to hear people and nine out of 10, the people that are saying that, just talking about everybody going to hell, them is lukewarm saints. Them ain't the real church people. Because yeah. that's just, the, that's the only way for them to feel like they are important. So I don't understand why people are so against Christians when Christians love everybody like we don't hate gay people like we let them come to church they yeah. they they are our friends our family members they lead the choir and everything and we do not care we open them with arms you yeah. know and and same thing with people that prostitutes and everything that we know we open you with arms now of course it is our job to once you get into the body of christ to be trying to drop nuggets on you so that you can be set free from a lot of the stuff that you are into, but people hate us. Like, can you share some light on what you think is going on there? 
like you said, I have a neighbor, and Christianity is one of the most loving religions out there. You know, tolerant, loving, because we're not killing you because you're homosexual. We're not stoning you to death because you cheated on your wife, cutting your head off, cutting your hair off. We're not shaming you. But the Bible says, cry loud and spare not. As a man of God, you know, people get mad at me all the time, but as a man of God, the Bible told me to cry loud and spare not, lift up my voice. I have to tell you the truth because I love you. Yeah. The book of Ezekiel tells me if I fail to sound the alarm and warn the people and those people dying in sins, their blood is on my head. So I have to warn people and tell them the truth of what God said in this word. It's not because I hate you. You know, how did a disagreement with the lifestyle that you live in equals hatred? Now, I have a neighbor stay across the street. He's from Saudi Arabia. Me and me and two other neighbors, we were talking about this homosexual lifestyle about a month or two ago, and he was outside with us. And we asked him, we said, Abdul, what do y'all do to homosexuals in y'all country? You know what he said? We killed them. Yeah, Just they do. My, my co-worker from Nigeria, he said, yeah, they killed them. He said, we killed them. So this is a Muslim. Nobody speaks a word against Muslims. Because mm -mm. y'all know the people are not going to play with you. <laughs> Christians have bowed down, have backed up from what the word says and became friendly with the devil. We have compromised. So now, since we've compromised, we got to accept everything everybody does. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Then they're not accepting of us when we go to telling them the truth. But those other religions, they're not having that. You're homosexual? We're going to kill you. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not against nobody that's homosexual, but I stand on God's word. Mm -hmm. You know, God called it an abomination. That's what it is. A man can't marry a man. A woman can't marry a woman. That's just what it is. I don't hate you. I have plenty people that I know is gay. Yeah. And can't now one of them tell you I ever treated them differently. I have family members that's gay. I have never treated a homosexual differently. A bull dagger, a lesbian, or whatever you call them. I have never treated nobody differently because I even when I wasn't saved, now, when I was younger, yeah, we used to pick on the, the gay boys and stuff at times. Everybody done yeah, that. Yeah, everybody did that, yeah. <laughs> when you get older, you know, like I tell people, people say, I see a lot of people on my Facebook now, they talk about the homosexual people are being oppressed and this and that, the straight men doing this. Let me tell you something. There's no straight man alive that's going out his way to bother a homosexual man. No. If a straight man is not going to pay a homosexual man no attention, we're going to be like, hey, bro, whatever you're doing, stay over there with it. We're not going out of our way to fight you, to bash you. Real men don't do that. No. You know what I'm saying? Other, you might have down low men that's struggling with what they're dealing with bothering y'all. But a real man, me, married with two kids, I ain't going out my way to be calling no man out of his name because he gay. You know what I'm saying? I got, man, let me tell you something. The, the, the guy that hooked me and my wife up is gay. I call him my brother and really love him like he my little brother. I ain't let nobody bother him. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I got friends I grew up with in middle school, high school that's gay. Family members that's gay. Never treated them differently than nobody. But when it comes to God's word, I'm going to stand on that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you the truth. So a lot of people like to attack Christianity when you go to Digging into what God said in his word is God's word. Yeah. And God, God don't want you to go to hell. Because if you die in your sins, any sin, homosexual, 
a liar, a gambler, a cheater, a, a backbiter, you're going to hell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's up to the preachers and the, the, the preachers and anybody that's been saved to start telling people the truth because we love them. Yeah. Not because what we're, we what them, we're finding out, though, is a lot of times these pastors don't want to tell the truth because they want to keep their collection plate up. And it's like, and I believe it's in the Bible. Don't ask me the scripture. You might know better. I believe, I think, no, I know for a fact it's in the scripture that Jesus, he is going to, he's, he said in the word, he's going to punish those. You are supposed to be the one that is there teaching, letting these people know. You ain't forcing nothing on them. You ain't pushing nothing, but you giving them the word and you telling them what it is. Now, whatever you decide to do once you walk out of here, that's your business. But hey, I'm going to give you the word. But a lot of these pastors, they don't, they're not doing that. Like they, like you said, they preaching about you're going to get a big house. You're going to get this car. You're going to get this. But they're not telling you what you need to really know. Because it's about, it's about money. Mm-hmm. You hear me, sis? Your phone broke. It's about money. The Bible calls those people hirelings. They wool for the sheep. Dumb dogs. They won't even bark. Dumb, greedy dogs. They don't, that won't even bark. They care about their money. See, I preach the truth. See, I don't have many, many, many uh, people that really truly follow me on Facebook. And I can say something on Facebook and don't get nothing. And I can look on somebody else's page that's one of these hyper-graced, new age preachers. They'll say pretty much the same thing I said, but everybody will love it. You know what I'm saying? Because people, like the Bible say, People in the last days will heap up teachers to themselves having itchy ears. People would rather believe a lie than the truth. They yeah. like these preachers to lie to them. They yeah. like people to tickle their ear and tell them they're going to get a, a new husband, a new credit score, and a new wife, and all that stuff. But what about the truth of God's word? See, people always want to preach this love, 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 Jesus is love, and God is love. But you got to understand where there's the top, there's the bottom, where there's the end, there's the out. There's another side to God that people don't talk about. Yes, he's a God of love. Yep. But the Bible says he's a consuming fire. God killed people in the Bible. Yes, God, he did. <laughs> God killed 23,000 fornicators in one day. God killed the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. He killed the people in the days of Noah. He killed the people. He, he told Saul to go and kill all the Amalekites. Because I remember what they did to the children of Israel. He said kill the babies, kill the animals, kill the women, kill the children, kill the sucklings. You and your mama breast kill them all. Mm -hmm. Nobody want to talk about that side of God. We want to talk about this. God is love. God is, oh, he's full of grace. And people have used grace as an excuse to sin. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is help. Yeah. Grace is, is, is help teaching you to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shall we continue with sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How that we are dead to sin then live any longer than he you know, they don't preach this stuff because it's all about money. They want to make you feel good. And if I, if I make you feel good, I can control your pocket. Yeah. But if I sit down and just preach the true, unadulterated word to you, a lot of people going to get mad. Then that money going to leave. So it's more about money than the people sold. Yeah. But God's exactly. going to require that at their hands. You know, a lot of people got blood on their hands and they're going to have the answer to God. Oh, yeah, they definitely um, me and you talk about this uh, very, very often. Um, and I, and I, shared, I talked a little bit about it with your wife. Um, in these days and time, everybody is using the J word. Judgmental. 
And I am convinced that people don't know what the heck judgmental really means. And it's funny that they only use that word when you got to call them out on your mess. Or when you are looking at someone and you, because I don't believe in that, I believe that sometimes we can see stuff in people, whether it's good or it's bad. So let's just right. say you, you see something good in me and you and you start speaking to that, like, nah, you're a man, you should do this, you should do that, you should da-da-da-da-da. And you're not saying that because you think you God or anything like that. You saying that because you see where I can be at. You see the anointings on my life that I probably can't see myself. But people want to say you judging, but they only want to use that word when you got to call them out on their mess. What what is your thought process of that? Because honestly, I, I'm tired. Like one of my favorite rappers, um, is 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 Tupac. You know, he's a fellow Gemini like I am or whatnot. Um, but I get tired of him. I wish he didn't make that song because now it's, it's everywhere. Only God can judge me. I personally, I would rather for you to judge me than God judge me because you can't put me in no hell or no heaven. But when God judged me for my foolishness, oh, I'm going down if I'm not where I need to be at. Right. The, the whole, the whole judge me not basically means um, to shut up and let me sin in peace. <laughs> That's all it means. Yeah. Shut up and let me sin in peace. You know, I'd rather people correct me while I'm here than to let me die and go to a burning hell for all eternity. I'd rather you tell me what the wrong that I'm doing on earth so I could get it right before I got to stand before a holy God and he judged me. Yeah. And he said, depart from me. I never knew you. Yeah. That's the scariest words you're going to ever hear in your life. Ever. Depart. That's that hurt. I, that, what? That's that hurt for real. <laughs> <laughs> depart from me. I never knew you. You cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. See, hell was never prepared for you. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. But since people don't want to repent, you go to hell. People don't want nobody telling them the truth to correct them. You go to hell. And the Bible never said that you can judge. The Bible said, judge not lest you be not judged. And it goes down to say, first cast the moat out of your eye before you look at the beam in your brother's eye. So first, Get your life together first before you go to correct the people. You know what I'm saying? But whatever yeah. person's life is together, they have a right to tell you, hey, bro, I've been down this path. Mm-hmm. Don't go down this path. That's not judging. That's just trying to steer you in the right direction. Yeah. And the Bible also says in, in John, I think that's John 7 and um, John might be John 7 and um, 24 or something like that. It talks about Judging the appearance, mm-hmm. judge righteous judge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And but that's First Corinthians chapter five. That we ought to judge those that are within. We don't judge those that are without. Yeah. Now, what that means is, I can't go out there in the streets to a person that don't really that don't know nothing about God. And tell them, oh, you wrong, this and that, and judging them, this and telling them certain things that they don't even have a clue what you're talking about. Yeah. You go out in the streets to a person that don't know Jesus and you preach Jesus to them. 
Hey man, that's a man named Jesus. He can save you. He can deliver you. He can set you free. You know, you don't you don't have to live like that, brother. That's how you talk to people that don't know no better. Yeah. Now the Bible says we judge those that are within. Now, if you say you saved, you supposed to know better. Yeah. So you saved and you supposed to know better. And I see you out there sleeping around in your wife or sleeping around in your husband. I have a right to judge you because you say you saved. I have a right to tell you, hey boy, you you better tighten up or you going to hell. Yeah. I can't tell a person out there on the street that, that don't know no better. Because a lot of people don't know sleeping around with other people is fornication. They go to, go to hell for that. Yeah. You teach those people. You know what I'm saying? You teach them yeah. about Jesus. But the people that post to know better, we judge those that are within. We don't judge those that are without. Definitely. You know, meaning, um, we judge those that say they say the ones that are without. You preach Jesus to them. Yeah, that's it. Um, do you have a, a godly mentor? I have a few preachers that I, you know, I call and reach out to. As you know, Apostle Herman Murray, I, I call him every so often and talk. You know, he calls us his Miami children. Um, I also have a dean from college. I don't know if you know Dean Range. Oh, yeah, Pastor I Range. know him, yeah. yeah. You know, Pastor Range, he's a, he's a, he's a, uh, like a father figure to me in the ministry. Um, now, do you I, consider I think, them to be your accountability partners? Yeah. They're going to call. They're going to straighten me out. If I'm wrong, <laughs> if I, you know, if I did something, said something, you know, they'll straighten me out. So there's another brother who I'm really going to probably ask to be a little a mentor to me. He's the brother of Full Gospel Holy Temple. Um, I'm going to probably reach out to him and, you know, because I realized, you know, I didn't have a, like a mentor. I don't have a mentor. Like, I look up to you know, I talked to Apostle Murray, Apostle Dean Range, but those are pastors, you know. They have things that they have to do, you know, worry about. I can't call them every day. And yeah. I don't want to, you know. So I need to have that other person I can fall back on. You know, we could talk, you know, yeah. often. Yeah. But those are my people who I really so far look up to when it comes to, like, mentorship, Apostle Herman L. Murray and Pastor John Range. So. Okay, that's that's definitely good. Yeah, we we all need that. You know, that's one of the things that I, I pray about so often. I'm like, Lord, you know, send me to a church that I can be in person. Because, yes, it's, it's great that I watch, you know, for a gospel, you know, on YouTube every time they come on. Um, But it's nothing like being in that house, you know, being yeah, in that yeah. atmosphere and wanting to, you know, have a, a, a mother um, in the Lord, a father in the Lord, having that sister and that brother in the Lord, you know, because yeah. when you make that decision in your life to, you know, get it together, it's, it can be a lonely life because all of your other friends and people that you know, they not on that, you know, they still kind of, I hate to say it, you know, and, and I love every last one of them, they lukewarm, you know, so they still yeah. in that, I can still drink, I can still curse, I can still do this and I can do that, and I'm still good to go. And, you know, when you get to a place of knowing like, nah, that's not really in true, you know, you need that, you know, that people. And, and it's and it's rare now. It's like, and we are, we are, we are around, but it's like, we so far away from each other. It's like, yeah, yeah. I sometimes feel like we need to send up a back signal or something so we can know where each other at, you know? Yeah, so right. that's something that I constantly pray about because I want that. I don't want to feel alone. I want to have people that I can go hang out with and, we can enjoy life together, but we're still making sure that we are in right standing with the Lord because God wants us to have fun. He don't want us to be some open people that are just sitting around. He wants us to enjoy life. That's why he gave it to us. But 
We yeah. still have to make sure that it's in decency um, and order. So I definitely hope that the, the young man that you're going to reach out to, that he definitely says yes, which I'm sure that he will, um, so that you can have that and just continue to pray that I can find that or either if one of y'all could just find me one and pull a gospel of one females, I'd be grateful for it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go ahead and um, just spice things up just a, a little bit. Um, also, I got you in trouble a little bit last week. I had told um, your wife some of the stuff you'd be saying on Facebook about her. So she might get you. My bad. But I had to drop a dime on you. I told her we'd be representing for her, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that we, we talked about is about being submissive. Now, you know, a lot of us women we do not like to be submissive to you all that is just mm-mm. because it, it for us we feel like it's like we being a slave to you all y'all can control us and do whatever da, 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 da. so why do you think why women don't like to be submissive to their husband not boyfriends husband because the only husband should get that right and what can men do to be able to allow a woman to be at rest and peace that she know that she can follow him and be submissive to him. And he's going to understand that's the honor and do what's right with that, that honor. Okay. So say it again, read the question again. So a lot of women have a problem with being submissive to their husband. Why do you think so? And then what can a man do to be able to make sure that they are the kind of husband that they woman should be submissive to. Okay. Well, I think the the whole reason a, a woman probably would want to have a problem submit to the husband because I don't know, man. Maybe the husband is not giving that wife, you know, what she needs to be you know a woman want to be secure want to feel you know secure in a, in a in a relationship in a marriage you know uh, i think a husband's job is to provide protect and to pray for his wife um one of the reasons why i think a women women is hard for some women to submit because maybe that husband is not living up to the expectations of the wife or being the husband that he should be to that wife but um a lot of women Two, probably not submitting because they just probably simply don't know the word of God. You know, the word of God says in Ephesians chapter five, verse 27, wives submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. You have a lot of women that try to run, run the house and, and be the head and be control of everything. That's when that Jezebel spirit comes along. You know, people think Jezebel is just the, the whore of the Bible and stuff like that. But Jezebel was controlling and pushy too. You know, she wanted to control everything. So, but I don't have those problems. So it's kind of hard. I've heard women say, well, he don't give me nothing to submit to. He out there doing this and doing that. And, and you know, and I understand that, you know. But I often would say if the man is a morally good person, even if he's not saved, you know, you should, you still should honor your husband, you know submit to him even if he's not saved if he's not telling you to go telling you anything that goes against your convictions and what your beliefs you should still honor your husband and submit to your husband even if he's not saved that's still your husband and you know there could be various reasons why women have a hard time submitting to their husbands you know I, like i said i don't have that problem you know my wife is very 
uh, submissive. I'm not a dictator. I don't tell my wife what to do, abuse my wife or, or, you know, but my wife is a woman of God and we follow the Bible. So whatever the Bible says she should do with her husband and to her husband, that's what she's going to follow. Whatever the wife tells me, the Bible tells me to do to my wife. The Bible tells me in that same chapter to love my wife, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So if the Bible tells me to love my wife, that's what I'm going to do. If the Bible tells me to wake up and give my wife a kiss on the forehead every morning, that's what I'm going to do. Because we live our lives according to the Bible. See, people not living their lives according to the word of God. So that's why they find in their relationships, their marriages going down the drain. Because they're not submitting fully to the word of God and what the word of God says, you know, for that marriage. The word of God is your, your roadmap. It, I mean, it's what they, what they call it, the basic instructions before leaving earth. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like if you follow that word of God, even if you, I mean, you might not know the word of God, but I just follow the word of God when it comes to submitting to my, my wife submitting to me and me loving my wife as God called me to love my wife. Um, it's Christ first in my house, it's me, then it's my wife. Now it's Christ, the head of me. Yes. Then it comes me. Then my wife. But my wife is on the side of me. My wife is not behind me. So Christ is the head of me. Then it's me. My wife on the side of me. And my children on the side of my wife that we're raising. My wife don't come behind me. She don't come before me. You know, she's on the side of me. She's my help. So that's the, that's the order I follow. Uh, a, a quick little a story on like he, he always put this on Facebook and we'd be looking at him like he's tripping um, so I want to see him talk about that just a little bit uh, Pastor Herman Murray uh, preached a sermon about um, a woman is supposed to call their husband Lord so he's been trying his best to get Fanny to do this I don't know if he have accomplished that goal yet um, yeah. but what is your thoughts on that why are you so key on that one <laughs> No, I just see, a lot of times on Facebook, if I'm not talking about the word of God, you know, I just be joking around playing, you know, people take it, take it sometime. One time somebody told me, wrote in my inbox, I shouldn't play with my wife like that and this and that. Listen, man, me and my wife got to understand that we have a relationship. You know, I, I'd rather make my wife laugh than cry. And I have never made my wife cry. So my wife loves my sense of humor. She loves me to joke around and play with her. You know, that's just in the word of God where they said Sarah called Abraham Lord. You know, she she just loved him so much and she obeyed him so much, even calling him Lord. So I just, you know, a little joke I put on Facebook. Hey, Sarah did it. Why you ain't doing it? You know, what's your problem? So, you know, she, she's not going to call me no Lord. I probably wouldn't even want my wife calling me Lord. That sounds like crazy to me some old weird stuff but <laughs> yeah definitely definitely so um, i know uh apostle came back the next um i think it was on that tuesday and they and he had a couple of brothers in the church say hey i got my wife to call me lord i'm like oh lord yeah. <laughs> hey if you do it man that'd be surprising to me man but, you know, I, I just be i be joking around just make people laugh sometimes but yeah, y'all yeah, definitely have a uh, a great relationship. And, you know, as I told her, I said, you a special woman to deal with Ike. And 
Because he he's crazy. Yeah, he's crazy in a good way, but he's definitely crazy. Yeah. So hey yeah. man, um, y'all can say that to y'all wives. I don't know if it's going to happen, but hey, Sarah did call her husband Lord. So maybe you might look out and might get that. So hey, you'll put it out right. there for her. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, right. we also gonna say, like, you kind of answer this kind of sort of, but maybe you might go in a little bit of details. How what how do you and what advice can you give? to other men to have a great relationship with their wives? Well, I'll put it like this, man. When I got married, before I got married, my auntie gave me the best advice. She told me to keep God in my marriage and everything else out. That's the, that's, I live by that. You know, if you want a healthy marriage, you want your marriage to last a long time, keep everybody out your house, man. The old saints used to, the older people used to do that. That's why the people have been married 65, 40, 50 years. You know, they kept people out of their house. They kept people out of their business. They would, you know, the men were men back then, you know. They treated their wives with respect. They they looked like men. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays, you know, you come home, you know, let me not even go there, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the men were just men, you know. Yeah. I just say men, you know, be a man at all times. You know, yeah. be a man at all times around your wife. You know, she, your wife wants to feel that security, you know. She wants to know she's with a real man. Yes. My wife don't have no problem. My wife knows she's with a real man. You know, my wife don't have to tell me, babe, my car need to be washed or the yard need to be cut or my oil need to be changed. My tire's going bad on my car. I do that as a husband, as a real man. That's God entrusted me with this woman he put this woman in my life so i gotta take care of what god gave anything god give me i'll take care of and i know god gave me my wife so i gotta take care of what god gave me so just love your wives fellas man and another thing i want to say since we on that i see a lot of brothers on on facebook you know what i'm saying i'm not condemning you or nothing like that but just tighten up with it Stop liking all these other women pictures on Facebook, man. You have married brothers, married brothers that are saved. I'm talking to the saved brothers. Now, if you're not saved, I'm not talking to you because maybe you just don't know nobody. But saved brothers, guys that's pro- professing to be saved, you shouldn't like every woman picture on Facebook, man. That woman on there have nigga, you clicking like. How you make? How how to make your wife feel? Yeah. Now, if your wife click one of them, one of them Jody's pictures, you know Jody. <laughs> Jody picture or oh, his muscles all hanging out how you gonna feel yeah. so respect your wives man all your wives and I see so many brothers doing that and it, it just it aggravates me man cause I really don't like that like I just like if God gave you your wife be satisfied with that one woman so yeah. just click quick look at them pictures man <laughs> Instagram all that stuff yeah that's that's great advice Um, I'm gonna ask you something just Deep, you ain't gotta, you know, if you don't wanna share, you don't wanna share, this is all good. Yeah. Um, what is something that you went through that is very traumatic? Um, how did you survive that? And what scripture did you lean on to help you get through that? Man, I've been through a lot of things traumatic in just, life. You, just give me one and one. I had a hard life, but. I often like to tell people this because people go through it at times when, and this could be my wife's testimony too, it's both our testimonies, but it's 
pretty much her testimony, but I know the exact scripture, the book, the book that I went to that helped me get through it. When my wife and I, we was first expecting our first child, and she was like six months, no, she was probably about four or five months pregnant, I think, and she had a miscarriage. And she's had four four miscarriages. And um the first miscarriage she had, it kind of broke me, man, because I love kids. I always wanted to have kids. You know, and I went into depression for like six months. I didn't talk to nobody. I got on Facebook. I ain't want to talk to them. This was like probably 2014 or 15. I didn't want to talk to nobody. I, I mean, for like at least six or seven months. But I was reading my Bible one day, and that really hurt me. It hurt to see my wife going through that. Because every time my wife had a miscarriage, it was like tough. Like, I don't know if you know about, people know about miscarriages, but having a dry birth, it hurts even worse than giving birth to a baby that's alive. Yeah. You know, and I've seen my babies like come out of my wife dead the size of my hand, you know? So that was kind of traumatic for me. It really hurt me. But one Bible verse that got to me in the book of Job, when Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it was like instantly I snapped out of that depression. I'm like, man, all praise be to God. Like the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And one of my favorite Bible verses in uh, First First Thessalonians five eighteen, it says, "In all things." Let me let me go to it. I'm right here on my phone with my Bible. I want to get that. I know the verse. I just want to quote it. Uh, like it says, "In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you." So whenever I, whenever trials and tribulations come up in life, man, I just give thanks to God because it's the will of God concerning me. I know it's going to be a brighter day. God never left me nor forsook me. Like the Bible says, I never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. Like God has just been so good to me. So I don't really panic or get depressed about things no more because I know if God brought me through that, he going to bring me through this. Amen. That's Amen. one story. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, she spoke a little bit on that when I had her on last week. And, you know, yeah. I, it, we actually kind of went, you know, deeper as females. And I shared with her because I know I had texted you about my godson um, passing yeah. on the, the 29th and mom birthed him just like that little thing in her hand dead, you know. So it, it's definitely you, you got to be able to, to get through that. You got to be standing on something. And, and it's not going to just be you by yourself doing that because it, it will. You know, you got a lot of people that they get so cold, ugly, nasty and everything when they go through that, you know, and it's it's good to be able to just find your strength in the Lord, really pray and seek his will, even see, you know, therapy. I know a lot of people's against that, but you need all of that to kind of help you through that point. So um, I definitely tip my hat to you um, as a man, as a father for just walking with her through that, being there for her, praying with her and helping her get through. Um, as we talked about after we finished the recording, that is a lot of men that actually look at women and down them about that, tell them that they they less than, they're not a woman because they can't carry a child and whatnot. And yeah. even bring women further down, like, come on. Like, you know, so thank you for just being a true man of God and actually, you know, supporting her through that difficult time and then getting yourself up from it because, you know, a lot of sometimes women don't even know that the men are hurt by that, you know, because they want to yeah. be a father. They looking forward to it. So 
Um, yeah. Definitely thank you for that. Um, let me see what else we, we got for you. What is God teaching you lately about being a husband and a father? God teaching me about being a husband and a father. Just lead by example, man. Just continue to pray for my wife, be the man that man that God called me to be in her presence or out of her presence. Um, be the example to my children because, you know, I have two small children, a four-year-old and a one-year-old. My four-year-old, he repeats everything you say. So I have to always lead by example. And I'm so glad that I got saved before I had kids because my kids will probably be right here singing soldiers with them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He'll be right here cursing and and rapping Soldier Slim and calling white people by their names and stuff like that. So I'm so glad, glad God saved me before I had kids because now I'm able to lead by example, be a, a, a godly role model to my children and to my wife. So that's what God is teaching me in this hour, you know, just to continue to hold fast, endure to the end when the world around us is compromising and, and, and um, bowing down to all this stuff. I got to stand firm leave my household in the way that God called me to lead my household. And that's righteousness and holiness. So. Amen. Amen. Um, when you sit back and you reflect upon your life, how has God has provided for you over the years? And what advice can you give to our listeners? Well, I'm, the best advice I give you, man, is trust God. Believe God, have faith in God, because God is real. God will provide, you know. I remember I shared this testimony on Facebook. Like, I've been through so much. God has always been there for me, provided for me. God kept me even when I didn't even want to be kept. When I didn't, you know, have a mind to even serve him, God was, you know, he didn't let me go to prison for life. God didn't let me, even in the midst of my sins, fornicating with women. I could have ended up with AIDS, man. You know what I'm saying? But God, in his mercy, mercy and his grace, he kept me, you know? So I thank him for that. You know, there's been times I've shared this testimony on Facebook where when I was up in Daytona, uh, this was probably year 2011 or something like that. Um, I was going through a lot, man. Nobody really, nobody knew what I was going through. I kept it to myself. You know, financial problems. I was in a bad relationship with somebody before I met my wife. I, it was just a lot of stress, a lot of stuff that I was going through dealing with battling, man. And I went fishing one day. And on my way fishing, I was talking to God, crying, praying in the car, listening to gospel music, talking to God, like, you got to make a way for me. Like, I don't know how much more I could take. This is, like, tough. It's rough. So when I got fish, when I got to the place I was fishing at, it was a car park about probably 15 slots down from me. Never saw that car before in my life. Don't know who was in the car. All I saw was like a figure in the car. Can't tell you if it was a man or a woman. So I got out my car, went up the bridge, start fishing. While I'm fishing, I'm talking to God like, man, you know, God help me. Like, I'm going through it. Like, I'm talking about I was going through it. Nobody knew what I was going through. I kept it to myself. So while I'm fishing, praying, talking to God, I see that same car pull up behind my car. I never saw nobody get out of the car. So I'm sitting there looking like, why is this car behind my car? Like, what are they doing? They're going to steal my car. But I was all the way up the bridge. I wasn't about to run down there to, 
see what's going, going on. on. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just looking at them from the bridge. Then they pull it off. So I continue fishing for about another hour or two, talking to God, talking to God. And mind you, I think this was around like December time in Daytona. You know, it gets cold in Daytona. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the water and the wind is blowing even harder. When you go by the beach, the wind gonna blow even harder. Yeah. So when I get back to my car from fishing about the next two hours, I get to my car. It's a note on my car, on the truck of my car, just stuck on the truck of my car says, Many doors are going to be open for you, says God Almighty. You are not alone. And I broke down and cried because I'm just on my way to God, on, the, on my way fishing, talking to God about all these problems I'm going through. Mm-hmm. I'm out there fishing, talking to God about these, these problems I'm going through. Get done fishing, and God leave this note on the back of my car telling me I'm not alone. I felt alone. You know what I'm saying? I felt nobody loved me. My, my, my self-esteem because stuff I was going through. But God sent some angel to write that exact words to me. You are not alone. Many doors are going to be open for you, says God Almighty. You are not alone. And man, I live by that to this day. I I still have that note to this day. Never threw it away. I framed it. You know, so I just like to tell the listeners out there, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing in life, man, pray. Ask God to help you. First of all, ask God to deliver you. Repent of your sins, you know, so God can hear your prayer. Because the Bible says in John 8 and 31 or 32, God don't hear a sinner's prayer. But if any man be a worshiper of God, him he hear it. And doing his will, him he hear it. So a sinner can't pray to God and ask for, you know, bless me with this and bless me with that. The only prayer a sinner can pray to God is the prayer of repentance. And once you repent, you're not a sinner no more, right? So ask God to forgive you for your sins and pray, have faith in God, believe God, man. And, you know, just trust God with everything you go through in life. And he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Even though things going to get tough, you're going to have trials and tribulations. Jesus Christ had trials and tribulations. He went through, you know, he, Everybody got to cross the bell. Must Jesus better cross alone and all the world go free? No, you got to cross, you got to bell too. So, but have faith in God. So, amen, amen. Um, I got definitely just thank you again um, for taking uh, more time out of your schedule just to come and to do this and to pour into these um, young men, the older men, the, hey, even women. I think women can take something from this as well. Um, the times that we are living in, we we just don't know, you know, and one thing that you always say every single day, every morning, we can always count on it. Jesus is coming back real soon. You know, and we, we don't know, you know, and a lot of people feel like, man, we've been hearing that all our life. He ain't coming, you know, but you just don't want to be caught out there when that sky do bust open. Or even if you've gone on, you want to be able to rise up, you know, when, when he called everybody to come back home and not down here going through everything that everybody else is going through. So um, just thank you for just up, uh, holding up the blood stain, stain banner of God and just sticking on his word. And um, it, it's really, like I said, it's been amazing just to see how God has brought you a mighty long way and where you are. And I know that he's getting ready to take you even further um, to do stuff. I know you definitely want this full gospel, well, if it's in God's will, full gospel Miami. And I'm hoping that a, a Apostle Murray is going to make that happen because we do need one down in Miami that's going to preach that word the right way. Um, so just thank you again for just being an awesome 
father, of husband, um, mentor, um, nephew, brother, everything that we need, not just only to people who is kin to you, but people that you don't know and that you come in contact with each and every single day. So we, we, I'm so grateful um, for that. Um, I hope that our listeners today was just blessed. I hope that you understand that it's not about being perfect. You know, uh, God loves you. He don't want anybody to die and, and to go to hell. You know, he's right there waiting on you to just Look to him, talk to him. He's inter Jesus is interceding on your behalf to the Father. Um, so just just come to him. You know, you, you some people say, I don't want to come to God, I don't want to play with God. I'm gonna wait until I get it together. It's not promised. So come on now, you know, even with all your dirt and your filth, and let God do some changes in, in your life. Because by you doing that, that's how you minister and how you have a testimony to others, because if anybody see you out there and all the stuff you in and now you doing what's right, that draw them in. Cause they look like, well, heck, I know Peanut and Pookie was, was a mess and look what they doing. So, you know, God can definitely, you know, do it. He did it for, for, for Zizel. Um, he, he's still working on me a little bit, but you know, even where I'm at in life, if he did it for us, he definitely will um, do it for you. Um, so before we close this out, I definitely, you know, I'm feeling led to lead us, um, have um, um, Brother Isaiah to do a prayer. But I quickly just want to leave you all with a quote um, by Bob Marley. Um, and he stated that greatness of a man is not how much wealth he acquires, but in his integrity and in his ability to affect those around him in a positive way. So um, I just thank y'all for just um, listening in and um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to close this out, giving God all the praise and the honor. All right. Thank you for having me again, sis. I appreciate it. I pray that this podcast fell on uh, fertile ground. You would take it and you would learn from it. So I'm going to close this out in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you for this podcast. We ask you to bless us, Eureka, Father God. Ask you to, um, whatever she puts her mind to, Father God, you just lead her and you guide her, Father God. We ask you, whoever listened to this podcast on today, Father God, that they may learn something, Father God. Let the people see you and not me, Father God. Lord, let the people learn something from this that they may be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, Father God. And we thank you, Father God, for just being God. We thank you for supplying all of our needs. We thank you for never leaving us nor forsaking us, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for just being God, for loving us, Father God, in spite of, Father God. And Lord God, we just ask you on today to continue to lead us and guide us, lead our families, Father God, help us to stand strong and endure to the end, Father God, because we know that this is the last and evil days and you are soon to come, Father God. So I pray that this message doesn't fall on deaf ears, Father God. I pray that somebody hear it, Father God, and souls be set free, Father God. People get saved, chains fall off people that are bound by anything, Father God. I just want you to know, Father God, I just want the people to know that whatever they're bound by on today, that God can deliver you. Whatever you're bound by, homosexuality, Father God, smoking and lying and cheating and cursing and gambling and backbiting, alcoholism, Father God, mental health issues, you can be delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost on today. Father God, I thank you again for my sister Eureka. Thank you for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Amen, amen, amen. Um, so you all have a good rest of the day, and we will see y'all same time next week on She's So Out of Order podcast. Shining on them, yes, I'm the token now. Real bright, call me the golden child. Look around, I'm the one that's chosen. Look around, yeah, I'm the token. Shining on them, yes, I'm the token now. Real bright, call me the golden child. Look around, I'm the one that's chosen.